When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it's Jeremy Betts with you here on the inaugural episode of the Steelers Fix. Now that's kind of a a little bit of a tricky thing here. We we've been talking to you um, and coming to you from the podcast platform uh, as the Steelers draft fix, and previous to that, it was the Steelers fantasy football fix. We're kind of got we're going to kind of dive into everything here on the Steelers fix now, but it's going to be. Me and it's going to be Andrew Wilbar uh, together. We're sticking together. We're going to do this, and uh, it's going to be the Steelers fix. Andrew, let's bring you in and uh, just see see how you're doing tonight. Are you excited for uh, diving into some different topics here on the Steelers fix? I am excited to talk. There is always something to talk about with the NFL and specifically with the Steelers. So it's going to be exciting to see what uh, we can get through this offseason. Yes, sir. I'm I'm really excited on kind of diving into the league as a whole uh, and seeing where the Steelers fall into place amongst the teams, uh, specifically in the AFC. And that's going to be our focus today on the Steelers fix. We're going to rank uh, and we're going to rank the AFC teams into tiers and discuss how the Pittsburgh Steelers fall into that those categories and um, what they can do to to either rise up this draft board or rise up this uh this tier board or fall we're going to take a look at both of those options um andrew we're we're looking forward to steelers otas continuing uh into the next stage this week uh is there anything you're looking forward to specifically from the guys as they as they come to otas here this week not really. I'm always a little intrigued to hear reports throughout the league that talk about, you know, while a certain player's conditioning is not as good, this is generally the time of year when you get those rumors. This was yep. kind of about the time of year when we started hearing things about Kevin Dotson uh, potentially having some conditioning issues and maybe why he was always been in the Tomlin doghouse for some reason. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the guys are out there as they're grinding, as they're getting back into football shape. Just interesting to see if anything eye-popping happens in terms of conditioning. For sure. And I think there's going to be a little bit of, of movement from these players. We're going to see them kind of line up even a little bit into, into their positions on the field. We'll see some, some offensive sets, if you will, some defensive sets. And even, even though we're not really looking for 100% participation from, uh, from the Steelers, we'll also get to see who shows up, who's committed to putting in that little bit of extra work, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see maybe even like for the wide receivers where they're lining up guys like Chase Claypool and uh, George Pickens and uh, Calvin Austin early on uh, in this offense, even though we're just going to get a very small taste of it. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to as well, along with all of those 
uh, rumors and storylines that really get you talking this time of year. It is rumor season. It's trope season. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. So, all right, let's not uh, waste any more time here. Let's dive right into the, the uh, 2022 AFC tiers post-draft pre-season. Um, let's start at the bottom, Andrew, and uh, just kind of go through uh, our tier four teams. Uh, we labeled this tier the rebuilders. Andrew, who you got in your rebuilder tier? I only have two teams. I have the Texans and I have the Jaguars. With Jacksonville, I honestly think they're in the worst situation because Trevor Lawrence did not play near as well as what we'd expected. We have no clue what Trent Bulky is doing as the general manager really right now with the money that he spent on guys like Christian Kirk, Zay Jones this offseason, and then going <laughs> yeah. and drafting Trayvon Walker over the safe pick in Aiden Hutchinson does not really make sense to me. It could pay off in the long run. He has more upside, uh, but there's a lot of unknowns. Didn't make a whole lot of sense for the exact situation the Jaguars were in. And I, I just, I don't, I'm not super enthused about the moves they made in the offensive line either. I felt like Luke Fortner was a reach in the draft. They didn't do a whole mm-hmm. lot in free agency. They did tag Cam Robinson. Hopefully Walker Little comes back. Um, but I think with the Texans, they're the more exciting team because Davis Mills, mm-hmm. there is a lot of upside there. The team seems to believe in him. The team seems to be behind him. You have young guys like Nico Collins and John Metchie, who I believe are going to compliment each other. Excellent. And they have an excellent secondary of Derek Stingley, Stephen Nelson, Desmond King, Eric Murray, and Jalen Petrie. That's one solid secondary. They just need some pass rush to go along with it. Yeah, their defense actually was not bad last year. And I think they improved pretty well through the draft and free agency adding some pieces. So I, I agree with you there um, on the defensive side of the ball. I've got Jacksonville and Houston. I've got one other team as well, but uh, in my rebuilders tier as well, uh, but just kind of focusing, I'm kind of flipped uh, from you on how I feel about these teams. I'm ex- I'm more excited about Jacksonville uh, seeing what Trevor Lawrence can do in a stable coaching environment, which he did not have last year. I think Doug Peterson comes in and, and, immediately provides an upgrade in coaching and in environment for Lawrence. And the talent is off the charts. We've seen him in college for years. Uh, He's got the poise. He's got the arm. He's got the mobility. He's, he's just got everything you want in a quarterback. And I'm excited to see if he can put it together in year two in a much better environment for him. And these, excuse me, these signings may not have been, top tier players that they that they brought in but they brought in better players than what they had last year so you know you just kind of you kind of got to throw guys out there for for a young quarterback give him as many weapons as you can I think that's one way to do it you kind of see that in New York which is uh or the New York Jets which is my other tier four rebuilder team um I like Jacksonville a little bit better than Houston. They're they're my 16th ranked team in the conference. I just don't I don't really like their offense as uh, maybe as much as you do. Uh, I don't see that they had a fantastic plan in place in the draft and in free agency. It just kind of felt like throwing darts, uh, even a little more than Jacksonville to me. But um, then moving on from those two teams, the New York Jets. I, I there's a lot to like about New York, especially on offense. The offensive line can be really good. The uh, defensive line could be really good as well. Um, and then you're looking at a secondary that added Sauce Gardner. And, uh, you know, they've just – they've got some pieces to, to build uh, a team on. I just 
I think their schedule really hurts them this year. You could honest, if you look at their schedule, you could see them starting the season with nine straight losses. And it's not because necessarily they're terrible. It's because every one of those teams is going to be better than them this year. So that's why I put them in my um, rebuilding squad. I think they're a year away from really uh, being able to compete in uh, on a consistent level in the AFC. Uh, let's move on to tier three and uh, go ahead with your, your teams in tier three. Well, I have the Jets in tier three along with the Browns and the Dolphins. The Browns, it's really just because we do not know what the issue is going to be with Deshaun Watson. Uh, how long is he going to be suspended? Obviously, if he isn't suspended long, they're going to move up. But the Jets, I believe in Zach Wilson. I think if that O-line continues to gel and Beckson and Mackay mm-hmm. Beckton can get his head up, screwed on right and finally start conditioning while we were talking about conditioning just a minute ago, right. if he can get back to that, I mean, he's got all the talent in the world. And with him playing at his best, that offensive line is a really solid unit. Uh, there's with Garrett Wilson, you have, um, and you have some younger weapons coming in. Um, I'd still like to see if Denzel Mims can contribute in some way. Cause he's got so much talent as well. And then the dolphins, I like Tua, but he's fragile. Now he has a new coaching staff. He has to work with and learn how they want the offense run, but he has the mm-hmm. weapons. Jalen Waddle's going to be great after the catch. Uh, he was fantastic last year. You yes. add Tyreek Hill and Cedric Wilson, Mike Gusecki got a big contract and that offensive line. They've built up some good depth. Teron Armstead, who I love, Connor Williams at guard, Michael Dieter at center. You have Solomon Kinley and Robert Hunt, who can be guard or, in Hunt's case, can be tackle as well. And then you have Austin Jackson, who's kind of been a bust so far. I didn't like him coming out of the draft uh, so much. I thought he was a reach at 18 where the Dolphins took him. But another guy who has talent, they have a lot of depth on the offensive line, and they're going to need it if they want to keep Tua upright. Yeah, and that's going to be the all-important situation for them. You know, the Dolphins did everything they needed to really to give to every opportunity to succeed. Uh, so if he if he doesn't, you got to think that this is his his last chance there in Miami. I think if you look at the national uh, pundits and uh, the guys that get paid to do what we're trying to do here uh, and look at these teams and kind of rank them and and determine where they're going to fall in the AFC pecking order. They seem to like the Dolphins a a little bit more than you and I do. I have them in my surprisers tier as well. I think that based on coaching change, um, based on the unknowns with, with Tua, you know, there's not a lot of trust there yet for me. So that's why I have them lower, but I like the reason this is surprise. The surprisers tier is that they could easily jump up into the conversation. I have Cleveland here as well. Um, Too many variables with Deshaun Watson, too many distractions too. I think distractions play a huge role in how a team can be cohesive and grow throughout the season. And, you know, maybe this, maybe this year isn't the Browns year. Maybe they're playing a little bit of the long game and, and hoping to just ride this year out with the Deshaun Watson situation and get into 2023 where they can really light a fire under it and be a true contender. If they can do that, I, I, if that comes a a little bit early, I would not be surprised um, too much if they jump up into our next tier of teams um, and become, become a team that could fight for even a division crown this year. A lot of it again, rides on where Deshaun Watson's situation 
takes them. And then I have the, the Las Vegas Raiders in my surpriser tier here as well. That may be a little low. I've been kind of looking at it. Um, but I just had so many teams in the contenders section. I think that the AFC West is going to kind of beat each other up. And I think the Raiders are the fourth best team in that division. They've got a good roster, uh, especially on the offensive side, but the defense has a lot of concerns, uh, especially up front and, and that linebacker. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm concerned for the Raiders that they're not going to be able to keep up with these other teams in the division. And that's why I have them in my surpriser tier. Was there anything in there that, that you disagree with or, or agree with that you'd like to talk about before we go to the break? Well, I wanted to ask you in terms of, you know, the comparison between maybe the Raiders and a team like the chargers, mm-hmm. your opinion, because they both add a lot of pieces. Of course, the Raiders bringing in Chandler Jones and Devonta Adams. Those were their two primary signs, but brought in some other guys as well. Which team do you this off season between the Raiders and the chargers? Because remember the Raiders were the ones that kept the chargers out of the playoffs this past year. So I'm just curious right. what your thoughts are on, you know, um, which teams moves you liked better in the off season. So, you know, with both, with both teams bringing in high profile uh, players, the chargers bringing in Khalil Mack to pair with Joey Bosa and then really uh, addressing offensive line as well to get to help out a line that was, that was good, but not great last year. I think that their, their moves helped Justin Herbert, who I think is the better quarterback. Uh, And that's what it really goes back to. I have a lot of faith in Herbert to make a Josh Allen year three type leap to truly elite uh, player in this league. I would not be surprised if, if he is the MVP of the league this year, Um, he's clutch as can be. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing that out there right now. I would not be surprised if that is the case. Wouldn't be surprised if he leads the AFC in passing. Um, they've got well, another. Go ahead. I've got a question for you on this. With not necessarily with Herbert per se, with the offensive line because they brought in two guards in the draft, Jamari Sawyer and Zion right. Johnson. They needed a right tackle because they don't have anybody at right tackle. So in this scenario, are they going to move Matt Filer to right tackle and then play Sawyer? Guard? Are they going to move Johnson out to tackle? What do you think they're going to do on the offensive line? Man, I don't see Johnson kicking out the tackle. He's he's so good where he's at, at at guard that I would I would expect them to kind of do what you're saying and and send Filer out there to to right tackle. I'm not sure what their depth looks like behind those guys, but I would expect Sawyer and Zion Johnson to to start at guard for them this year. Um, and you know, so maybe right tackle is the hole on this offensive line, but if that's the only the only spot, then I think they're going to be in good shape. The Raiders just, I don't know. They, they made some flashy moves. Devontae Adams was a big deal, a big signing. He's going to help Derek Carr out a lot. He's going to help Derek Carr more than Derek Carr helps him. Um, but I just don't see that they have the, the defense to be able to make the necessary stops when it counts. They didn't necessarily do that in that, Chargers game last year they just had the ball last <laughs> you know what I mean so yeah um they may get into some shootouts they're going to win some funky games this year but I don't see them being consistent enough to be able to challenge and uh, you'll see 
that I'm pretty high on the Chargers as we continue to go through this list. All right, let's uh, go to a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about tiers one and two and which teams we have near the top of the AFC. Don't go anywhere. The Steelers fix. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back, Steelers fans, to the Steelers Fix. I'm Jeremy Betts, joined by Andrew Wilbar. We're talking AFC tiers, AFC team tiers in this episode of the Steelers Fix. This podcast is brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Andrew, I think uh, you and I both agree that even before we were really contributing to the website, we would go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for a lot of our Steelers uh, information and and opinions. Uh, just a great group of guys, and it's a it's an honor to work with them. Do you have anything that is that you're enjoying um, from the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast platform or the website right now? In the off season, I always enjoy things like the Hangover because they can get on just about any topic. Just yeah, you just have fun with it. right. I, I also like the because I'm big into the YouTube shows as well that you can get on the podcast platforms. Uh, the Scobro show of the involvement they have with the live chat, which is something I always like, uh, and yes. just the openness they have with the BTSC community. So I always enjoy that. Um, um, always is. Uh, so so many podcasts. There's something for everybody. You may not be into what we talk about, but you may be into what Jeffrey Bendick talks about on the cutting room floor. There's right. so many different. I mean, what Ian's talking about, if you're into, you know, uh, they have other podcasts, you know, on social media, you know, what people are saying on social media, there's something for everybody. Uh, so be sure to ask, and you, I can guarantee you, you'll find something you like if you're a true Steelers fan. Yeah, absolutely. Humor, analysis, uh, film study, we, we've got it all at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Don't forget to check out the website and the other podcasts from BTSC. All right, let's jump into Tier 2 the contenders division, uh, the contenders tier. And uh, let's just kind of go blow by blow here. Um, Andrew, I've got, I'm going to, I'm going to list four teams and I want you to tell me if these four teams also make yours. I've got the new England Patriots. I've got the Denver Broncos. I've got the Indianapolis Colts and I've got the Tennessee Titans all in this tier. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree question for you because the AFC already talked about the Jaguars. We don't think that they're going to be doing any, they're not going to be contenders. We talked about Texans. Mm -hmm. So it's between the Titans and Colts. What did the Titans really do to improve the roster? I mean, they, they lost AJ Brown at best trailing 
no guarantee he's going to be better, and he's definitely not going to be better right off the bat. They lose Julio Jones, and their offensive line, they lose a couple pieces. They, I mean, they didn't do a whole lot to replace a lot of the holes they had. I don't feel super confident in them, and I don't want to buy too much into the Colts because I did the same thing last year with Carson Wentz, but really all they need is a quarterback – and if they can have a consistent play at quarterback, they don't have it doesn't have to be elite. Matt Ryan isn't elite, right. but if exactly. he can be what we thought Carson Wentz could have been last year, this team is a Super Bowl contender. That they're in the contender sphere, we may not think they're elite yet, but the Colts have as good a chance as any that running game with that offensive line to go a long way in January. I agree, especially when you get down to the fact that they can just wear teams out. Um, so I, to me right now, I've got Tennessee and Indianapolis basically even in my thought process of them. I think the Colts have more upside, but I also don't deny that the Titans are a well-run organization with Mike Vrabel there. They know how to win football games. And, uh, you know, Derek Henry coming back healthy should be able to help them as well. Hopefully he can make a full season here for them. Uh, but you know, it's, it's going to be a toss-up between those two teams. They're going to duke it out uh, for the AFC South. Where they fall in this second tier will depend on the quarterbacks, I think. And uh, Matt Ryan probably provides the same upside as Carson Wentz. Well, okay, uh, let me take that back. He, he doesn't provide the same upside as Carson Wentz, just from an age factor, I believe. But what he doesn't do is cost you games very much. It's not usually his fault when the when the game is lost. Um, he's not going to make the the Jacksonville mistake that uh, uh, Carson Wentz and, and company made uh, in week seven, week eighteen last year to send the Steelers to the playoffs. You know that's just not going to happen with Matt Ryan back there. So I like them a little bit better, um, but. I, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of AFC North teams in this, in this tier as well. Um, But I kind of have them ranked here, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and then Pittsburgh, um, just based on what's established in each of those situations. The quarterback deal is big. We'll see how it goes in Pittsburgh, but I, I like Cincinnati and Baltimore to be a little bit ahead of the Steelers right now, but they're all in this contender tier. And that seems to be a, a little higher for Pittsburgh uh, than a lot of places have them. What do you think about the Steelers placement in this in this tier two uh, contenders section? I have them in there too. And, yeah. I, you know, a lot of people, especially this week, uh, I, this week, I the article that I wrote this past week, I don't think I've for any one article had it such unreceived well is this one. I don't know exactly even how to word it. It was, I mean, it was almost <laughs> hilarious just watching some of the comments, like many of these probably not even reading the full explanation behind what I was saying, but hopefully this helps put it into some of y'all's minds. I do not hate Kenny Pickett if he's the starter. Right. I do not. I, I, I that just because I said that he's not elite and expectations need to be held. In ch- I, I was saying that they could do in my other article the week before on reasons to like the pick, they could have done worse. It's it, when you take the middle ground, sometimes both sides end up hating you in the end. And right. this is just pretty <laughs> much what happened this week. I mean, if you don't believe me, go and look at the comments. It was funny. Yeah. For a- 
Um, yeah, some anybody, angry people there. there. I mean, I, I, I love y'all, but uh, <laughs> you guys, some of the – and some people were even de- denying the fact that the Steelers had a first-round grade on. This was a report that came out right after the draft quarterbacks. It, I mean, if the Steelers are being dishonest about signing the process – I suppose it's possible, but the Steelers are not the type of team or organization that does that. Usually they're pretty straightforward about who they like, who they had a grade on. So if that's the case, is, is was Mason Rudolph just great on him? I mean, that d- definitely didn't make them look good in the end. Uh, and in this case, three first-round quarterbacks. So if maybe Willis wasn't one of the three first-round quarterbacks. Somebody mentioned that. But if that's the case, we've got other issues. Because then you either have Matt Corral or Sam Howell as a first-round graded quarterback, which I have serious problems. Big problems, yes. Yeah, given the the location, well, the talent on the Steelers roster, I, I would say you can't really knock them any lower than than a contender. And it, you know, the whole Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or whatever, you know, argument that is out there, you know, there's you can argue for days what what the Steelers potentially could have done, you know, should have done, and fans. You know, fans don't often. Um, I, I guess what what you see a lot of times you can't you don't see separation from. Hey, this is what I think the Steelers should have done, but I you know I still support what they did do, and uh, I think that they can win with what they did do. And I think that's where you and I both fall is that Pickett um, may not have been necessarily our first choice there, but they've selected him and he's got a lot of potential. And uh, you know, the Steelers team the way it's constructed here, I don't think it necessarily falls on the quarterback solely to be the savior for this team. I think with Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett back there throwing passes, you've got a team that has enough firepower at the skill positions uh, to, to be a good offense, good enough to allow the defense to do its job, uh, which is what they're, they're building for. Now, if the defense falls apart, then you could, you could make a case that the Steelers fall down uh, a tier here. Um, but I really see them kind of smack dab in the middle of this contender spot, um, you know, uh, ahead of teams like the Patriots. I think they're just okay. Um, they're not really flashy anywhere. Mac Jones is going to be just okay. Um, their defense is going to be just okay. They're going to they're gonna win some football games because they're well coached. Um, but I don't think that they – you don't look at the Patriots and you go, ooh, this person scares me. You, you really don't. I don't see that. The Broncos are the wild card here in this contender division. They could vault all the way up into the elites that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but to me, they're the real wild card because you just don't know with Russell Wilson there. Um, I have them below the Steelers right now because of the, those unknowns too. And I, I trust the Steelers uh, coaches to – to put together a winning formula, especially on the defensive side of the football. So that's why I have, that's why I have Pittsburgh here as well. So my contender tier is Bengals, Ravens, Colts, Steelers, Titans, Broncos, Patriots. What's your contender tier? I didn't have them in any particular order like you did necessarily, but I just had Titans, Patriots, Raiders, Broncos, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Chargers, and then the Colts. Okay. Gotcha. So kind of rounding out that, that group of guy or a group of teams there, uh, we're pretty similar in, in how we feel about it now. Still haven't heard the chargers out of me yet. So, and 
and we have from you. So you've got them in the contenders bracket. Tell me why you don't have them in the elites. Well, I'm still not sold that Justin Herbert can win the big game okay. in college. That was a big concern. Can he will be he be clutching the big moments? He doesn't have that it factor. And that's a big reason why I didn't have Trevor Lawrence rated higher last year, because he didn't have that it factor. And I mean, he has the talent to overcome that. But mm-hmm. a lot all the other elite quarterbacks in the NFL, whether it be Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, they have that instinctual ability that not every quarterback has to be able to know they have a such a sense of the field and where they need to go with the football and then not only need to know where they need to go with the football but actually deliver and nail it right when they need to just having that instinctual ability to make the big play when it's needed herbert has the talent and he's made big plays and i'm not saying yeah, he hasn't been yeah. clutch at all but there's still a difference between him i mean why did the chargers not make the playoffs last year i mean they were scoring a lot of points towards the end of games at the end of last year. That was totally opposite of his first year when they were scoring early on, and then they slumped yeah. in the second half. So there's still some inconsistencies with his game. I think he'll work out some of those kinks. Now, again, I had a higher grade on Tua than Herbert, and obviously Herbert's working out much better. And I sure. think as time goes on, you'll see more success. But as of right now, I think the next step for them is just getting into the playoffs. Once they get into the playoffs, they may lose first round because Herbert doesn't have that experience, but the more big game experience he gains, I think the better he'll do. And I think maybe two to three years down the line, that's when we'll start talking about them as the team that should be in line to potentially win a Super Bowl. Okay. See, I kind of, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe he does have that it factor. I, I got to listen to the, the chargers Raiders game on uh, the radio. Cause I was driving uh, back from, Steelers versus Ravens got to go to that game in week 18 and uh, I could not believe what was going on because every time the Chargers got to fourth and 10 third and 10 or something like that Justin Herbert completed a pass to a wide receiver and like I said I didn't get to watch it so I don't know if these wide receivers are running through blown assignments or whatever but he he hit these guys and I'm telling you it was six or seven times in the fourth quarter in overtime that he that he made an absolute clutch play to keep his team in it and like you know he it wasn't his fault they lost like i said you know who who had the ball last it it was the raiders (laughs) and and, uh so i see where you're coming from like in the in the big game he hasn't finished necessarily yet but i don't know if it's all been his fault i think he does have i think he's growing into that it factor Maybe he's adding that to his repertoire. Well, I did see the it factor to me. This is where you and I disagree because I think that's just something that you either have or you don't. I'm not sure if it's something that can really necessarily develop. I mean, it's a hard topic to discuss because it's, it's just, it's hard to define. And I think you mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, it's hard to define, but when I, I mean, I saw that game when they were going back and forth at the end of the game and we saw a consistent third down, uh, completions. I mean, there were some nice throws. And I mean, he was right on target with them and there weren't necessarily blown assignments, but there were, there were open passing lanes. It wasn't like necessarily this Mahomes. I'm not saying he has to be Mahomes, but just for right. sake of illustration, you know, where he's rolling out to his right side, the pocket breaks down and he just has enough of an instinctual ability to know where his guy is with less than zero room to work with sure <laughs> and somehow putting it laying it in the exact spot where only his receiver can get it just kind yeah. of these unhuman throws where you see the rest of the elite quarterbacks doing that russell wilson can do it 
Um, we've seen Aaron Rodgers do it time and time again. There's only a few that can do that. And I think that's what's going to determine whether Herbert can be, he hasn't, he's an elite talent, Yeah, but can he be an elite quarterback? And I think there's a fine line between that. I'm still on the line that he's an elite talent. That is a good quarterback, but can he be a talent that can be an elite quarterback? I think only time will tell. Yeah. That's something we'll have to, to watch for this year. And maybe when I say, when I'm thinking it factor for him, I, you know, I just see his, his calm demeanor when he's on the field, he doesn't look rattled. So, you know, maybe he doesn't have that Patrick Mahomes versus Houston Texans in the playoffs where they go down. Like I think it was 28 to nothing. And you just knew that Mahomes was going to bring them back because you saw it in his eyes. Maybe he doesn't have that, but when the pressure's on, I don't think Herbert makes the big mistake because he's, He's calm and cool. And so I wonder if that turns into if if the confidence to know that he can do it turns into the confidence that he will do it, which is kind of what it that it factor kind of feels like to me. You know, like when you saw Ben Roethlisberger, especially early to middle of his career, when you saw him mess up at the end of a game and they didn't come back and win he was surprised. Like, I don't, I don't know how that happened because I just knew I was going to win this football game. And that's how they won the Super Bowl. you know, in 2008 was he just, he took the team on his back on that last drive, took him down the field and there was no stopping him. And so you saw that a little bit. That's what I would like to see out of Herbert this year. I think he can do it. I really do. Um, That is why I have them in tier one with the elites. I do have them below uh, my top two teams, which I think you have the same teams here. Um, I've got Buffalo and Kansas City and L.A. in in my elite tier. Uh, Andrew, tell me because I know you got Buffalo and Kansas City here too. Right? Do you do you have a an order that you see those two teams in? Because I think that that's really the discussion here is who's better at the very top. I had the Bills number two in Kansas City one. With the Bills, I'm not sure where Von Miller fits their defense. They did need a pass rusher, but yeah. where does he fit? They're a 4 3 defense. He's a 3 4 outside linebacker. Where are they going to put him? I, he hasn't had a ton of success with his hand in the dirt. Uh, and at this stage of his career, are they going to try to turn him into that? Or are they going to try to have yeah. more hybrid looks? Uh, I don't know. I think they made a mistake passing on Andrew Booth. They did get corner help, but I feel like Booth was the better option. Uh, so they could have done better there. Um, I they do picked like up Elam, Cook. right? It was Kyrie Elam yes. that they drafted. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Um, and James Cook and Zach Moss, I think they can be a really good one-two punch. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought they there were other three down backs. I would have liked to have seen what they could have done with like a Jerome Ford type running back, a guy who has three down potential. And not saying that Cook doesn't. I mean, he's about yeah. the same size as Delvin Cook, but it's definitely a very it's a system fit, and he's either going right. to fit or he's not. I think James Cook is a guy when we get into fantasy, we're going to like, especially in PPR leagues. Um, but if they, yeah. the, the concern is that it's another running back for the Buffalo Bills with injury concerns. And that's been something that's killed them the past couple of years. But these are all minor things. They could all sure. work out just fine. And Josh Allen, I believe, is at some point going to get to the Super Bowl and hopefully win one. Um, I'm definitely rooting for him. Uh, but with Buffalo, it, I mean, it's splitting hairs, but I, I really think that Kansas City yeah. does have a little bit more firepower with the receivers, what do you think of the receivers? I mean, I know they don't have Tyreek Hill, but MVS is a very underrated receiver. You have Juju who can win the contested catches in traffic. 
can play in the slot, can play outside. And then Sky Moore, we've talked about before, a perfect fit for Andy Reid's offense. Yes, absolutely. Um, I have no concerns with the weapons there in Kansas City, to be honest with you. Um, Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster in the middle of the field is a nightmare. It really is. And when you combine that with a guy like Sky Moore, who's got enough speed to get vertical, but he's also just such a crisp, consistent route runner, Mahomes is going to love him because he's going to be where he needs to be. And that's all Mahomes needs is a guy to be where he's supposed to be. Um, I think the factor that will determine whether Kansas city remains the can score from anywhere on the field type team is if he can, is if Mahomes can develop chemistry with one of these guys, like he did with, with Hill, where when plays go off schedule, he can, he can find you every time. And that's what it was with Hill. They just had this, this connection where Hill, and maybe it was just, Hill was just faster than everybody else, uh, but they just, knew where each other were and and how to put themselves in the best position to get each other the ball when it counted in the big moments when the play broke down. Can they do that with Nicole Hardman? Uh, it remains to be seen, but I do believe that they have a guy for every role that they need at, at wide receiver. And when you've got a guy like Travis Kelsey that still anchors that pass-catching group, uh, I think you're still in good shape. The reason I like Buffalo a little bit better is I think they have the better – combination of offense and defense in Kansas city uh, right now. And, you know, that'll remain to be seen a little bit too, but the, the bills were a, a top tier scoring defense until the playoffs <laughs> this last year. And I think that they can be like that again. Uh, and I don't know. I, there's something about Josh Allen here that kind of gives me the feeling that he's going to be in that MVP conversation as, oh, for as sure. well. Um, and just because he, he goes out on the field and he knows he's better than everybody else. And oh, yeah. he's, he's at that point now where before he had the talent to be every, better than everybody else. And now he's grown into it. He knows he's better than everybody else. So now that he's got that, um, uh, it's going to be hard to stop this team better hope you get them early in the season if if you're going to try to stop that offense, I think. So uh, that's why I like them a little bit ahead of Kansas City. Not by much. It's, it's like you said, splitting hairs. But I do have the Chargers up there in, in Tier 1, uh, the elites as well. I think that they take that step. They're going to be a better defense. Well, it r- does remain to be seen whether they have fixed their uh, run-stopping woes uh, from the last few years. But if they improve in that area even a little bit and they get um, good uh, book and rushing from Bosa and Mac, then they're going to be tough to to consistently move down the field on on defense. And then that offense to me is is loaded. Um, and I think Herbert takes another leap this year. So that's why I have them up there in the elites as well. Well, which how big of the gap for you is between Kansas City and the Chargers in that division? Because with Kansas City, don't forget, I mean, I know we talked about the Bills and their balance on offense and defense. 
There are a lot of question marks with Buffalo in terms of health because Tredavious White, we know Von sure. Miller's had some health issues in the past. Whereas with Kansas City, obviously Carl Aftis, he's got injury concerns of his own, but they improved their pass rush. And Trent McDuffie, of course, I yeah. I really like Andrew Booth better overall as a corner. I think McDuffie may end up moving to safety at some point. But McDuffie does, can play, and I think he's a guy who can come in immediately and make an impact. So if you're looking at from that perspective, I mean, the Chiefs did improve their defense as well. Yeah, they did. Um, they're, they're young guys with no NFL experience, I guess, is why I think the Bills could be a little bit better. Uh, I don't know. It, it is splitting hairs there. Um, so the, the gap between Buffalo and, and Kansas City is basically non-existent. I just personally like Buffalo a little bit better. Um, but then from Kansas City to, to the Chargers – I think the gap is shrinking. I think there is still a little more sizable one than from Bills to Chiefs, uh, whichever direction you like to go with that. But um, and for me, it's Mahomes has has won the big game and Herbert hasn't, and that's really the only thing. I think they're evenly matched as far as the offensive firepower goes. I think the defenses will be similar. I might even give the Chargers a little bit of an edge on defense. So. Um, you know, that's just kind of where it falls for me. It really comes down to those two quarterbacks. And if Herbert can take another step, which I think he, he will this year, that, that lessens that gap even more. So that kind of does it there for our 2022 AFC team tiers. It's going to be interesting. There are 16 teams in the AFC that all have have some way of affecting the outcome of, of how this thing is going to go. Even the teams that we say are rebuilding, they have enough in place where I think that they could be a tough out for a team, uh, a scrappy uh, fight, you know, and, and could change the course of the playoffs if they catch a team on a, on a low week and, and shock the world a little bit there. So uh, it's going to come down to, you know, who, who rises above the adversity throughout the season and, and can hold on. <laughs> it's going to, that's what it's going to be in the AFC. Uh, can you hold on and, and be good enough to, to survive and then get to the playoffs and, and, you know, rely on uh, your experience and, and good coaching and, and the type of uh, players that you have uh, leading your team to, to get you to the next spot, but it's going to be, it's going to be a tough go. Um, the AFC North, specifically is a tight race all four I could see all four teams winning the division I could see all four teams coming in last place in the division for one reason or another um how do you feel about the AFC North just to kind of wrap things up I think they're in a very similar boat to the AFC West and that if all goes well, they could we they could be the first division we see get all four teams in the playoffs. Uh, but there's also a lot of question marks. The Bengals, yep. uh, could they have a Super Bowl hangover after what happened yes. with yes, Cleveland? Please. You have a quarterback. <laughs> Who's the quarterback? If Watson's done, they're done. And then with Baltimore, we still don't know uh, what the receiver room looks like. Is Bateman going to be healthy? Is Dobbins going to be healthy? And, of course, with the Steelers, is Trubisky revived his career? If he has, is he going to even start? Is Kenny yep. Pickett going to start? What's he going to be like at the beginning of his career? There's so many unknowns with every single team. It could be all good or it could, I mean, I would say that the AFC North is maybe the most unknown of the four yes. divisions because at least with the AFC West, you know that you're going to have 
pretty good quarterback play regardless. Whereas right. in the AFC North, just because of availability and other reasons, we don't know that. Right. Yeah, I agree, man. It's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Up next for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's OTAs, and then the march is on to training camp. Stick with us here at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And also on the Steelers Fix, we're going to be bringing you as much content as we can over the upcoming weeks. Andrew, I hope you have a good night. And listeners, don't forget to check out everything going on at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. For Andrew Wilbar, it's Jeremy Betts signing out. Have a good night.